Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Yeah, just weird. Stuff you wouldn't think would happen in skateboarding. And the fact is this, boys. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. Hiya, and welcome to The Curb Podcast. My name is Andrew Pearce, and this podcast is recorded in Bulu, Perth, Western Australia. Sovereignty never ceded. In this episode, I interview Dina Curtis and Kit Williams, who are the producers behind the new NITV four-part series, Rebel with a Cause. This compelling and engaging documentary series follows four First Nation trailblazers, Senator Neville Bonner, poet Ujuru Nonakul, Magistrate Pat O'Shane and radio presenter and media icon Tiger Bales, and ultimately asks the question of what does it take to make a difference in the world? In the following interview, Dina and Kit talk about their work as producers and what it means to delve into culturally sensitive archives and prevent, present these stories on screen. Additionally, they reflect on the importance of recontextualizing archives that, so, that have so often been curated or managed by white people. To say that Rebel with a Cause is an essential series feels like an understatement. It arrives at a time where Australia as a nation is going through a major change, with the referendum on the voice to Parliament being decided on October 14. Within the stories of Neville, Ujuru, Pat and Tiger, we see four people who saw the potential within themselves and their community to change history and the future of Australia. It encourages viewers to consider and contemplate the impact of their actions and the manner that they have helped amplify, support and better the lives of First Nations people in Australia. Rebel with the Cause is directed by E.J. Garrett, Jill Robinson, S.F. Tusa and Douglas Watkin. It will screen on NITV from October 1st with episodes dropping each week. To listen to other interviews and read reviews, head over to thecurb.com.au. No, new podcast interviews appear on the RSSS feed each Friday, with bonus interviews appearing on Wednesdays. If you have the time, please head over and rate and review. It helps the podcast get listened and seen by other people. For now, here is the trailer for the series, followed by the interview with Dina Curtis and Kit Williams. The first voice you'll hear responding is Dina. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners, please be advised that the following trailer also includes the voices of people who have passed. I suppose I was a bit of a rebel. I voted against my own party in and out of government on 23 occasions. The fact that we are the sovereign people, not were, but are. I could not see the sense of, of this false system that said white was right and black was wrong. I was determined to take them on, head on, and not Ruth. Till white colonials stole your peace. We must change the ways the media is manipulated and projects the negative propaganda relating to my people. What I'm asking the government to do is to admit prior ownership 
and then introduced legislation to compensate the descendants for this possession. I won't hold you responsible for the past, but I will hold you responsible for the present and the future because that is the white man's responsibility as well as mine. Oh, heavens above you, so I'm going out with my gloves on. Congratulations to you both for the series as well. It is a really quite a powerful and important series in a lot of ways. I was fascinated. I knew some of the figures, but I didn't know their stories as well as I should do. So it's really wonderful to be able to get to experience their stories in a lot of ways. And I'm curious if you can start talking about where the decision to create Rebel with a Cause came from. Uh, I think this, the idea for the series came from just wanting to um, have a series that celebrates and acknowledges our First Nations trailblazers. You know, you see a lot of activists over the years, you know, content, you know, fighting for many years. And for me, I was always interested in what it takes you know, the fire in the belly to keep going, but also what the sacrifices and the highs and lows and are for for each of them. And so, yeah, I wanted to create a series that celebrates that, but also kind of explores a bit of that territory and kind of also puts it, each of our trailblazers in context of the world that it was um, at that time that they were fighting for, you know, land rights or social justice issues. Uh, I think something similar to Dino. It's always really interested me the struggle and what it takes for someone to step up and really put themselves on the line. Also, I was just really fascinated with the the different political philosophies of each of the characters. So, you know, because I guess in Aboriginal politics there is a spectrum of, of political views and we were really interested to use that out a little bit more what i really got from the series as well is it reminds how communities are strengthened through storytelling and recognizing the impact of history and the storytellers who create history as well and i'm curious if you can talk about the importance of recognizing community and storytelling for you both i mean i I think it's always important i mean i think if you look at the history you know our history um first nations people Aboriginal people haven't always been shown in the in the most positive light when it comes to media and um, news stories and stuff. So I think it's really important to kind of highlight the positive issues and the strength as well from our communities. And I think it's a really positive thing, you know, and I think it's one of the things that keeps me making film is that is the reactions and the responses from our communities when they see themselves on screen or they see themselves represented in a way that's true and authentic to them I think that's a really important thing and it makes them you know it instills pride and and uh, I think courage to to kind of you know be inspired by the people that 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 we're representing on screen I think to follow on from that the process of actually making the series has been incredibly collaborative as well so there's a lot of different groups that were helpful with sharing archive, the families, different family members had their own private collections that they shared. And with that comes a responsibility to make sure that, that material is represented in a way that uh, people are happy with and proud of and, uh, you know, not 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 to shy away from the challenging aspects of someone's character, but to show that person in a full, like as a fully formed person who 
you know, has frailties and weaknesses. So I think we, you know, we reached out to all sorts of people in all different parts of Australia, you know, from the, the National Archives in Sydney, in Canberra or um, ABC SBS, but then also working with the, the smaller um, museums and um, family groups in or, or little museums that were in the towns where people had passed through or the land councils who had materials. So, and all of those bits of archive required consultation. So talking it about, talking about what we were wanting to do and the support around those the use of those materials so um i think there's going to be a lot of people watching the series when it finally goes to air um waiting to see their little bit of archive which you know and that <laughs> we've we've been able to go back to all of those people and let them know that uh you know if your your episode or your piece of archive is going to go on air at this time so it's gonna be really interesting to see exactly like dina's saying just to sort of get the feedback from everyone. I mean, I, I found it absolutely fascinating, but also I understand there was really, when, you, when you're dealing with archival footage, it doesn't matter what it is, there is also an understanding of the sensitivity of what's being presented on screen and making sure that you can show the people who are at a protest or the people who have passed away that you can actually put that footage in a series. Can you talk about that that kind of sensitivity and the cultural uh, understanding and recognition that you can actually put this kind of footage on screen and get the approvals to from the family or the people who are in the footage uh, to actually have it there? I think it's worth acknowledging that there's been a lot of behind the scenes conversations that have gone on around the material. So exactly what you're saying is that, you know, there are the Screen Australia Indigenous uh, screen protocols that are around representing um, passed away people on screen, but also just the sensitivities around what kinds of cultural materials um, on screen. So just a lot of conversations. So the family groups, you know, each family to talk through what we were wanting to do and then throughout the whole process of the work, um, having consultations, showing people cuts, letting them know, you know, this is what we're thinking here, what do you think? Oh, yeah, I might have some extra photos here or something like that. But then also some of those, some of that older material where there are old fellows that have passed away or um, old women that have passed away, we've, we've, we're, as best we possibly could, we've gone back to the communities to check that material is okay. And generally there's been a really positive response to that. Some of the old stuff from the 80s, people have said, yeah, we want that on screen we want to be able to see that those those stories up on screen now that it's an important moment in history so yeah i think all all of that archive materials taken time <laughs> to to get it all up on screen but i think in terms of bringing it together it's been definitely it's been worthwhile and i think also it was three out of our four characters or trailblazers are deceased that's why it was really important for us to be very collaborative with the families, you know, and to kind of take what they were comfortable in, in sharing and showing. And I think that was a really important thing. And for us, it was also, of the series, was really important that each of our trailblazers tell their own story and speak for themselves. So it was finding that archive and those interviews that really gave that, that allowed for that to happen. And so it was, and there were some things in there, you know, that, they spoke about that the family wasn't necessarily comfortable in us putting in, in the thing. So I think it was all about collaboration and compromise in a way. And I think it was also 
you know, the great thing about this series is that we had the opportunity to reframe the archive, you know, and show it through, show its meaning through a black lens or through a black in a black context. And I think that's a really important thing because a lot of this material was headlines, newspaper headlines, or current affairs shows or news stories, and you know, not always places where pe Aboriginal people are showed in a positive light. So it was a really great opportunity for our directors to reframe that story and use that archive in a different way. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, we talk about an archive like it's one thing, but there are many different archives, of course, but it is it's so often created or, or facilitated by white people who have decided what actually goes into an archive. So that reframing of it is so important and so valuable. And I'm curious if you can talk about the conversations that you had with the four directors about how to present that archive on screen. So early on, you know, our development stage, we had a development workshop and all the directors came together and we really talked about, fresh out what the series was and what we wanted to say and all of that stuff. But also, you know, we looked at the format of the series so it's kind of loosely structured each episode is kind of structured the same but then what you what they do within those premises is up to them I mean I think I feel like when it comes to the use of the archive I don't know for me as a storyteller and an Aboriginal person I feel like that reframing comes is is inherent in our storytelling because you know we're taking that material and we're going okay how can we work that to tell our else you know from our perspective and i think in some you know really looking at some of those archive materials they were quite confronting in in the uh skewed nature of them so i think it was a really you know i think that makes you more determined to kind of take that and rework it into something that's more of a positive and a, and a strength rather than the negative i think that each of the directors had some very clear ideas about how they wanted to use the archive. So, for example, Jill in um, Pat O'Shane's episode, she'd seen this uh, White Australia policy set of um, Vox Pop interviews that, you know, way back in the beginning of the research of the series. And so immediately she's like, no, I want to incorporate that somewhere into the episode you know we had it there sitting waiting and then as she as she cut the material we we found a place for it and I think what the directors were also exploring was that feeling that that material gives you so you know each of our characters are sort of sort of the hero you know it is a bit of a hero's journey the structuring of each episode so we're going on this journey with this hero and so when you hear this material which is really uncomfortable it's really really like a lot of uncomfortable you know uh about the white australia policy or you know people interviewing ujuru to talk about you know don't you wish that you were white and she immediately sort of like no 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 i don't that's really negative thinking you know i just and then she kind of unpacks it and so the directors weren't afraid to really go there with that material and explore that uncomfortable feeling that was in the materials that was making us feel really uncomfortable and then try to communicate that sense of uncomfortable and, and to confront that, to confront what is in the National Archive around Aboriginal affairs and like exactly what Dina says, to, to renovate renovate that material and to reconfigure that material so that it tells a bigger picture 
tells a much more fuller picture about uh, what's gone on in this country prior to now or is still going on. And also we would we were quite amazed at the I guess how clear the the discourse is as you see, you know, as you watch a kind of 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, 1990s archive, you can see the national conversation around Aboriginal affairs changing, uh, slowly changing. But from what, what you can see in the 1950s, all of a sudden in the 1970s when the tent embassy um, comes along, there's a shift there's a shift in the discourse, the words that are being used on screen. And so we were really interested to play with that as well. So I think the character assassinations of both Pat O'Shane and, and Tiger Bales and Neville Bonner in a lot of ways by the media, we were really fascinated by that kind of mainstream media's, you know, the newspaper clippings around, you know, Tiger Bales when he was taking on Nick Griner's government, saying very strong statements around self-determination and, and um, you know, speaking back to Tony Jones in a Four Corners report about, you know, isn't that just like apartheid? This is apartheid, you know, sort of really strongly putting, putting a different viewpoint forward. So, yeah, I think each of the directors, I, I really commend them on their bravery to put it out there and to have that conviction to use to to use that material that was available to them and then for the families also to 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 back us when they watch that those cuts and say yep great fantastic or what about you know or oh there was this report that they did about him or here's some newspaper clippings or that sort of thing so we were we had the backing the families which is really important is an important part where Pat Shane talks about teaching and the importance of teaching and training young minds. And she says to change the world and make it a better place. That's, that's effectively what teaching is. And I'm curious that I get that vibe from the entire series that it is to change the world. Like these are obviously trailblazers. These are people who have changed Australia and the world in a whole, but I'm curious, is that a mindset that you carry through as producers that your work will help change the world as well? Dina, do you want to answer that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if I think about it as changing the world, I guess. I mean, I don't think I go into projects thinking like they kind of end up doing that, but I don't think I start out like that. I mean, I think my I start out with a much smaller kind of goal and that is kind of, you know, essentially acknowledging and celebrating and highlighting the work that you know these our trailblazers have done and really kind of putting forward a positive series but at the same time not shying away from the negative or the challenges of that but also putting it making sure that people understand the context of the world that you know these guys were living in and and things that they were fighting for just weren't there you know it wasn't it wasn't a, a a right at that stage so I think for me it's kind of more I think shining a light on on some of these things and really kind of shifting the focus of the conversation from the negative to a positive but um you know if that changes the world then that's um that's really great as well oh I think our characters are incredibly rebellious uh you know rebellious in a sense of not but because They've had such strong conviction to change the world that you can't help but be infected by that quality of seeing the injustices and wanting to be able to help 
support and bolster their viewpoints and and bring those things to light. So for me, it's been an incredible journey in that, you know, I, I knew these characters I'd known a little bit about, but when you actually start getting under the the bonnet of the material and talking to the families or as always with any documentary you really you know you're going on a journey and for me I think definitely you know learning the story of Neville Bonner and and what he went through the same with Udry, all of them all the characters what they what they put up with is just phenomenal and so I think I'm, I, you know, you take you take on those qualities in a way of like, okay, you you be, they're infectious, they're really infectious leaders, and so yeah, you can't help but uh, feel inspired by the work that they're doing, and whether you, you know where you take that and where audiences uh, take that inspiration is 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 truly up to them, I suppose. If they feel inspired by these stories and by what these characters have gone through. I mean, I'm really excited for younger generations to see the work so that there's a deeper and a more richer and eyewitness understanding of what has come before and what is possible moving forward. Because I think some of those stories, you know, like Audrey Roof, the work she was doing in Bundaberg in the 1940s and uh, before the referendum and then the tent embassy, there are key moments that are famous, but then there's all these other moments as well. And so if, if that if the series can open for further for audiences for further ex- exploration of the history, then you know I think that uh, in some ways we've we've you know we've we've had we've done a, a little bit we've we've sort of moved moved things on a little bit as best we can. I was aware of Woodrow's past and the 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 poetry that she had written, but. I had no idea about the hijacking story as well. And I found the moment where her, I think it's a great granddaughter reads a poem that she wrote to Yusuf. And there is this recognition of the humanity and the person who has kept her captive on this plane for days. And it tells so much about her. And I'm curious if you can talk about presenting that moment on screen as well, because of course there is, this is not just about the the people that you're presenting, but it is the families. And there is this moment of, oh my gosh, this is the the actual poem that my great grandmother had written. Uh, And it's just, it's a powerful moment, but I'm curious if you can talk about presenting that. For me, the thing that makes, that just like amazes me is that she's, she's being held at gunpoint but she's still able to be creative and cr- write a poem like it's still it's just happening like it's you know she can't help herself but to do it i think that's really amazing but yeah see i mean see had very you know had a good a great vision for her story yeah i think when we were at uh, Friar Library, which is where her, that British Airways sick bag is, where the writings, we, we went, we were, you know, advised by the family to go and have a look at through the collection that is there, or Jury's collection. And so we were looking through the materials, lots of photo albums, lots of written work, you know, typed up documents. Uh, and then we came across, you know, the sick bag. And CO was just totally blown away, like, by the, by this, you know, this artifact that was written with pencil. We'd, we'd read about it, but until we actually saw it, it was sort of, and I think he felt like he wanted that, uh, that 
artifact, I suppose, that sick bag to have a presence on the screen just to try to hit home that's actually what had happened to her. And that moment, like what Dean was talking about, where, you know, under such incredible stress, she found a muse and wrote a poem, you know, and a beautiful poem at that. So CO recognised that. And I think through working with Elizabeth, great-granddaughter, just thought it would be really fabulous to communicate that moment and commute so we he didn't show her that poem he didn't show her that sick bag until that shot that we see on the screen so it is a true moment for Elizabeth where she's like wow this is actually the real thing she knew it was there but she had actually never seen it so in some ways he was able to capture that that moment of sort of transfer of that story down to the next generation you know Elizabeth sort of carrying on the 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 legacy of the family in a lot of ways but we were able to also through our fantastic archive producer um, Nomi Hall to find the Associated Press and the British Parthay and the Reuters footage of that time so all that footage that we've got uh, supporting that that, that part of the story that Audrey is telling us and then um, Elizabeth reading that poem, mm-hmm. that's all real material from the actual the siege that had happened uh, where the Palestinian freedom fighters were trying to, yeah, try, trying to make a point uh, about what was going on in their country. So I think for us that, that footage of her coming off the plane where she looks a little bit dazed was just... We were, when we found that material, we were just like, yes, <laughs> we got it. It is a powerful, powerful moment because, and hearing about the, the toll that that experience had on her as well is, is, you know, it's, it's not something that you can take lightly sitting on a plane trapped in there with, and she talks about, you know, pregnant women and, and children. It's just, it's an ordeal, but it's getting to see the impact of that and hearing it and then also getting to see, as we're saying, a great granddaughter read that poem is is a powerful moment, but it's a series full of powerful moments where there is that recognition of family who are talking about the impact that these people had, not just on society as a whole, but on them. And that in itself is such a, it's wonderful. It's quite a, an impressive and and powerful thing. I'm I'm excited for when people get to see this very soon uh, to see what those kinds of reactions and experiences and whether you know other family members who maybe haven't had the chance to see it uh, will get to experience that. Is that something that you're looking forward to as as producers that when it gets out into the world that kind of connection that experience for people? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I mean, I hope I hope that it, it you know it will resonate with people and also I mean entertain as well but I think you know start have a conversation as you know start talking about some of these some of these trailblazers that just kind of go unrecognized I mean this is four you know four trailblazers out of hundreds or thousands of First Nations trailblazers across the country so I hope that you know they might go oh yeah Pat O'Shane she did that but did you know like this you know for, you know local so-and-so down the road did this that and you know so hopefully it will start those family conversations about other trailblazers as well as you know what this country is like the history i think to add to that also to get those conversations going or just visionings of the of of these role models you know because you've got you might have some young girl sitting somewhere who sees Pat O'Shane's story and says, yeah, I, 
I want to be a teacher or, hey, why can't I be a magistrate or why couldn't I become a minister in in the parliament or, you know, oh, why, don't, why don't I go down the road and start working at the local radio station because I've got something to say or, you know, or, 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 or yeah, maybe I'll write a poem or any of those things. So I think the putting these stories on screen has also been about providing young people and anyone really with with a role model to say like it's possible it's doable you know you 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 might you might be in a really difficult situation right now but seeing the strength of these characters and what they went through and how they managed to just keep going that unbelievable unstoppable quality in all of these characters that there might be something that you 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 can draw from that an audience member can draw from that and to take that and 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 aspire and and dream and and go for it really i think that's what you see you see these characters just go for it and and that's what i loved about it like it's such a great series because of that you know the inspirational qualities and i know that the word inspirational can be kind of a bit fluffy and stuff like that but it is but there is that that aspect of as you're saying like you know maybe i'll sit down write a poem maybe i'll go and become a teacher and stuff like that and it's it is powerful and important but as you mentioned dina there's you know hundreds if not thousands of people that this kind of story could be told about and i know that you're just about you're in the the promotional train for this particular one but i can't help but look forward and hope that there's more rebel with a cause series to come is that a possibility or hopefully we'll get more stories like this told i hope so i mean we kind of you know we developed the show and you know we went into production thinking that it could be a, a returnable series and that we could go you know we looked you know locally i guess in queensland at our four trailblazers but there's you know it's we've kind of created a loose format where we could take it you know across australia and tell tell these stories so i mean i think that's a conversation that we need to have with nitv but hopefully you know it's something that they might be open to well fingers crossed because i i want to see more of it i know it's very selfish to say that but it's like (laughs) i like what you both do and you know as as filmmakers and producers and Dina, I, I know your work is, uh, you know, really quite wonderful, but I'm I'm curious as well. There's this draw that you had to uh, anthology work in a way, like with We Are Still Here and then, of course, this. What's the draw to anthology storytelling for you as a producer? I think it kind of happens by accident, really. Um, no, I think, um, well, you know, we have a very long oral history and so much to say, so I feel like... And I think there's so much within uh, First Nations culture in itself, there's so much diversity as a people. Like there's three, you know, 360 nations in this thing and we're not all the same. So I feel like anthology offers different uh, perspectives, you know, so it kind of gives you more of a wholesome, not the complete view, but more of a kind of a wholesome view of, of our culture and our stories and so I think it's, you know, it's very, yeah, and, and different perspectives as well. And I think it's important to, you know, audiences to remember that we are a diverse culture. You know, our practices and our, our language and, and, you know, things are, are different. We're not, we're not just, we're not like uh, Maori people in New Zealand where it's one language, one culture. We are, there's lots of different, we're like Europe, there's lots of different 
little countries within Australia. And so I think that's where anthology kind of, you know, offers a broader context for that, I feel like. I, I love that answer. Um, and I love being able to talk with you both about the series. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I hope that it goes well when it screens. Pat, Pat O'Shane is, is the first episode on Sunday. And then Neville Bonner and then Ujuru Nunakul and then Tiger Bay. So Ujuru's will be playing on the 15th, so the day after the referendum, and then Tiger's is on the 22nd. Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to oscastnetwork.com for details.